Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, hello. Well, I guess we should say hello from our living room. Yes. Uh, house tours coming soon. Give us a few more. We uh, probably another week. Or another couple weeks, probably. Yeah. Another, yeah, another week or so to get the house up nice enough to where we can feel comfortable and okay. Yeah. Look at our crap. Yeah, we've got boxes and stuff everywhere. This is actually the nicest area right now in the house. Right. It's actually clean. Yeah. Anyway, so and Nathan and his either in his generosity or his stupid. A little bit of both probably. Let me pick the topic and run with it tonight. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea what we're talking about, I'll be honest. So as you go, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, this like, I didn't want to do a, like, a uber big topic, but at the same time, something that's one of the subjects that's been on my mind, uh, to do on the podcast, is a character study, and it's like a Bible character thing. Mm. Mm. And then I was just like, I saw that when I reviewed this, and I was just like, okay, what's an easy character do? Oh, Jonah! <laughs> yeah, Jonah's my dude. Uh... Well, kind of, depending on how you do it. Depending on what part of the story. Depending on what part of the story. So give us a few minutes while we turn here. While I get, I turn to go and he gets his. I get my programs running. So anyway, so while we're while we're trying to run, there we are. Do we have control over Jonah? A little bit, but we're gonna do it like a kind of deep dive. Okay. Who cares? It's kind of it's part character study and part rant that Jonah kind of sucks. Ah. Well, it doesn't totally suck. He's good for a little bit. And then He's good for it ends a little, little bit of you know vininess, but you know. God salty is prophet. <laughs> kind of yeah. No, you're not wrong. Anyway. Ah, oh, here we are. So Jonah. So no, we're not going to read through the whole book of Jonah because that would take forever, and you know, not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yeah, if you have noticed, that's not our, our style. Anyway, so before we like dive into the text and anything, Nathan, mm-hmm. what are your some of your thoughts on the character of Jonah and why we should study him? Well, I think we can learn a lot from him. I mean, you know, how many how many times do we? You know, ignore the will of God or try to ignore the will of God probably more times than we want to admit, right? right. So, um, you know, I, in a lot of ways, we're not any better than Jonah is. Right. But also, in a lot of ways, we're not Jonah. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I think that's probably one of the bigger ones. Also, you see some of the Lord's um, goodness, but also some of, uh, you know, he was a belly of the whale, or the mm-hmm. belly of the fish, sorry, for uh, three days, right? And you right. see that with Jesus. He was dead for three days and then he came back. So, right. um, a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Um, so, my thoughts on Jonah. Um, I think he's not the best person in the world. Right. Obviously. Um, something I noticed while studying this book a few years ago is he kind of exemplified, like, he kind of is a singularity of like what the nation of Israel goes mm-hmm. through in like a cycle. Right, right. You know, 
So if we look yeah, at the history, entire, what? No, I I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we look at the history of Israel, uh, especially the book of Judges, what does Israel do? Disobeys God, asks for forgiveness, mm-hmm. gets forgiven by God, immediately back into disobeying disobeying God again. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. There's there's there's, there's more. Yeah. There's more to it. They, they obey God for like a generation, maybe two, and then they go back to disobeying mm-hmm. him. Yep. Um, a, a key difference in that, though, is I think the generation that was saved by God in Judges actually served God for their entire life. Mm-hmm. Jonah, however, while he serves God, yes, while he does what God wants him to do, he doesn't do it how God wants him to do it. Yeah. In a way. If you, yeah. if you if you all see what I mean. So that's I'm gonna let's summarize the book of Jonah. So that everybody, everybody knows who I, who we're talking about. Summarizing Jonah, okay. Okay. It's a lot less to summarize than, you know, Kevin Hearts or, you know, Laura. I was gonna say our version of summary is a three part episode. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, basically, Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. I want to continue the song, but we probably shouldn't. No, we'll get copyright straight away. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so Jonah, Jonah was the prophet of God. He, God came to him and said, Jonah, go to Nineveh and cry out against it. Mm-hmm. Jonah doesn't want to, flees to Tarshish. Yeah. Goes gets on the boat to flee to Tarshish. If you want to, if you want to know the full story, Jonah, y'all go read the book. But I was just going through something here, Zachary. Yeah. Um, I just what what's the longest chapter in the book of Job? Jonah, sorry, the longest chapter in the book of Jonah. Chapter four, isn't it? Chapter one. Chapter one. Chapter one is seventeen verses. Chapter 2 is 10 verses. Chapter 3 is 11 verses. Chapter 4 is 11 verses. Oh, right. Kind of emphasizes... Now, remember, the Bible was not organized at the beginning when it was written in chapter and verse. Right. Man did that so that we could actually have a reference point for the Bible. And also... Something else to notice is the books of the Bible are not necessarily in chronological order. No. Except for Genesis, which is the beginning. So, you know. Yeah, Genesis and Revelation are definitely. Genesis, the right and, spot. Genesis <laughs> and Revelation are in the right spot. But as for. The Pauline Apostles or, or Epistles or, or. Yeah. As for the rest of the Bible, should be. particularly the Old Testament, we have, we have very little idea when some of these events took place. Mm-hmm. Although most of the, most of the events of, prop, the, of the prophets could probably be shoved into the events of King, the King books of Kings and Chronicles. And after as and well. After, yeah. A little bit afterwards too, right? Daniel's I think a little bit after. Yeah, Daniel would have been because so, Darius was all... And then we have the, the Gospels which are concurrent to each other, not... Yeah, the four of them are... The four of them are... In line. The four of them are in line. So those are pretty much... It's just uh, the same timeline of events for both different views. Yeah. 
And the boat, and after that, yeah, it's it gets probably in line of right. when they are in. And but anyway, so I noticed that you know the the way that the the organizers of the Bible went through everything, they really put an emphasis on chapter one, specifically Jonah's rebellion. Right. And then you know you get Jonah's prayer. He says, "I'm sorry." Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to Nineveh, and Nineveh repents, and they're just kind of like, "Oh yeah," and they do it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they kind of repent. That's basically it's how it is. That's not the focus of the book, though. But then chapter four is eleven verses solid of Jonah just complaining, right? You know, and God <laughs> telling him, you know, why would I? not care for the people as much as he cared for a plant, you know? <laughs> right. So, sorry, I just, I totally stole the moment there. With oh, no, you're good. He basically summarized the rest of the book anyway, so we're good. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. Yeah, and somewhere in that Jordan, it gets swallowed by a giant fish. Yeah. The reason we say giant fish, the reason we should differentiate it, yes. is, uh, I, I went through this with our youth group uh, a few months fish. ago. Uh, it's it's uh, physiologically impossible, which means it is a whale is physically incapable of swallowing a human being because their throats are too small. Yeah, which is weird to think about. But right. yeah, it's weird true. to think about. Yeah. One of the biggest animals on earth can't swallow a human being because their throats are too small. That's mm -hmm. why they like really small creatures like krill and small fish. Right. Yeah. What if it was an alligator? Then it would said would have said a large reptile. <laughs> I kind of want to look this up. I wonder if anybody actually knows. Right. What fish swallowed? Does anybody have any good? Who? The Katos Sea Serpent? Oh, after all the books of Job. This is coming from uh, the Institute of Creation Research. Um, but it's like the Google summary that they show, so the, the accuracy may not be there. But it says, both the books of Job and Psalms refer, refer to the large sea reptile Leviathan. History and archaeology indicate that the Lord Jesus' audience might have understood exactly what kind of creature he, to which he referred, the Katos, the sea serpent that swallowed Jonah. Mm -hmm. Is that what that word is? Is that Katos? Yeah. It's, well, he's looking that up. Um, I want to know something else. Kind of important. So, we have two groups of Gentiles in this book. Mm -hmm. We got the, the Ninevites, who, who obviously repented towards the end of the, in chapter three. Right. And at, towards the end of chapter one, we have the group of sailors who are obviously casting lots and they yes. all fall on Mr. He did it. But something important. Um, Chapter 1, verse 16. Then uh, men were, se were seized by a great fear of the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. As they should have. As they should have. <laughs> um, obviously, like in the events of Jonah and how, this, how the sailors react to him being Hebrew, mm -hmm. they have probably heard of the Hebrew God and some of the miracles he has done yeah. at, to, to, at this point in, in history. Yeah. As well as the Ninevites. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing how the two groups of Gentiles 
react better to than the word of God, to the word of God, or to the actions of God. Yep. Than yeah, the actual, than his actual prophet. <laughs> than his, than, than his actual prophet from his chosen people. You know, it seems that's kind of a theme a little bit. It is kind of a theme. Um, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, you got the two spies going in. The ten of them were bad, but yeah. or the other others were bad. Which is another reason. And like, then you know, the Rahab lady. Right. Is that her name? Yeah, Rahab yeah, was a Gentile. Yeah. It's 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 another reason. It's another reason Jonah exemplifies the people of Israel, like as a whole, and why they were going through the cycle mm-hmm. of disobeying the Lord. Repenting, obeying him for a time, and then right. immediately going back to disobeying him. Yes. Well, disobeying him, being punished, then <laughs> repenting. Right. Um, but it's just amazing how the Gentiles act more receptively to God than the person of his chosen people. Right. Um, And if you read chapter three when Jonah is doing his preaching, mm-hmm. he is doing it very grudgingly. Yeah, it does. Look, it does look a little bit grudgingly. Like he's it. doing it. Um, if, if I remember, if I remember right. Yeah, it's just one verse. Not even a verse. Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said, and that's all Nineveh needed. I can't believe it. Wow. That's okay. So I'm gonna dive a bit into language here. Do it. But in the, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go into the English language. The Ninevite people needed seven words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John came in. I'm gonna read directly from. So that's pull up the Hebrew that's here. three verse four. So chapter three verse four, John. One, two. Jonah set out. Jonah set out on his first day of his walk in the in the, in the city and proclaimed, "In forty days, Nineveh will be demolished." I'm reading from the Central Standard, uh, not the Central Central Standard, the Christian, the Christian Standard Bible. I mixed up I mixed up uh, uh, Bible translations with time zones. But it's reading, easy to do. I mean, they're reading, all... Yes, I'm know, reading from the Christian Standard Ver- uh, Version. Versus the Pacific Standard Version. Yeah. Eastern Time Standard. <laughs> ah. <laughs> wow. Anyway. But, Non-standard. <laughs> yeah. That's all that Jonah says. And yep. for a bit of context, verse three, verse 3 of chapter 3 says, Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to Lord's command. Mm-hmm. Now, Nineveh was an extremely great city, a three-day walk. Yeah. So from... He only went one day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it was just one day. So day day 40, he goes in and he's like, Nineveh's going to be destroyed. So he takes an afternoon stroll... Says yeah. Nineveh's gonna be destroyed. He's like not even in downtown yet. You're right. I never even picked that up. Oh my yeah. goodness. He's that's all he is. That's all he's saying is Nineveh is going to be destroyed. Yeah. Boom. Done. Oh, I I never picked that up that he was no not only that far away or yeah. far in. 
no offer of repent. Nope. Repentance. No offer of there is a God that can forgive you and save you. Right. No offer of who even is going to destroy Nineveh. The Ninevites knew. Just 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. I hmm. wonder what uh, God was working beforehand to make that happen. Nah. Mm. Uh, it, it is amazing. God works in mysterious ways, I'll say that. Amen. I mean, He gave yeah. us a house. He gave us, he gave <laughs> us a house, and He gave us both enough patience to deal with each other. <laughs> and my car that currently is slightly broke down, but not actually. Not actually. It's it's a it's a it's, sensor that went off. It's a fixable. It's an. It'd take me about five minutes to fix. Right. Anyway, yeah. so this is something that I let that the sight and sound projection I think did really well for mm -hmm. Jonah. Yeah. Is so, obviously they show the events of Jonah, mm -hmm. and Jonah gets into his preaching into Nineveh. Yep. And obviously seeing how. Like an Ninevite guard react, like reacts the, like the first person that turn, like, like starts repenting. Right. He's like, I, I feel it in my in the, the depths of my being, basically. Yes. I don't remember the exact word of the line he used, but he's like, I feel it in the like depths of my, in the depths of my uh, be of my being, soul, whatever. Um, what verse are you talking about? Sorry. I'm talking about the sign sounds. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not in a it's Bible not in verse. A, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. We're not in fourth kings. The fourth kings, you know. Fourth. That's a joke. We're not in second hesitations. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, but anyway, um, so in the sign sound production, the the first person that re that they have react is mm -hmm. like a Roman guard, or not a Roman guard. Heck, a Ninevite guard. Ninevation guard. Yeah, Ninevite guard, who's just like, I feel this like in the depths of my bones and like the depths of my being. Yeah. Which it sounds from from the from the repentance that we see of the Ninevites, it sounds like there were some pretty important people. Yeah. There were some pretty important people in Ninevite culture that were like, This guy is right. Well, um, they probably can I be speculative? Yeah. Will you allow me to be speculative? Yeah. Be speculative. But I wonder if somebody else went beforehand and said, hey, this guy's going to come in a few days and say this, and then when he does, this means God. Right. I wonder if something like that happened. I, this is pure speculation, guys. We, we like well, to have fun with biblical speculation. Whatever happened to make the the Ninevites, the Ninevite people repent, react and repent so quickly. Yeah. We do not know. That's why I like it when Science Sound came out, comes out and says, hey, this is, we are taking some artistic liberties here with the text. Right. Everything in the Bible is 100% true. We just don't, there are just certain gaps. They basically say, hey, we're not the Bible, we're just acting it out, is what they're saying. Yeah. We're not the Bible, we're acting out and filling in some gaps that we would, that we don't right. know. With artistic right. representation, basically. Right. But anyway. Kind of like The Chosen. Yeah. Go watch the Science Song production. Any Science Song production. I think they have a website. Oh, they have one. Yeah, yeah they have a website that you, access, for a that you can access. That you can. I think you can access their some of their productions on there. I'm not sure if you can access them all. Anyway. Any news. But. 
Another thing I liked about the Science Zone production, I'm going to gush about Science Zone here, because <laughs> it's amazing. Not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored. If we were sponsored, we would, would have a lot higher quality production right now. That would be amazing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But another thing I liked about the Jonah's production um, is so Jonah gets starts his preaching, the people start reacting, then Jonah gets brought before the Ninevite king. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, my kingdom is the, the best at this, 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 and this. Right. And he's just like, and then he like, pauses and he's just like, it's also, uh, it's also collapsing before my eyes. And what he does is he's just like, and he's just like, I've, we have sacrificed to every known God possible. Mm -hmm. And you're in the earth. And he turns to Jonah. He's like, okay, Nathan's going to be Jonah for a minute. He's like, Jonah, mm. yours, or he probably was like Hebrew, yours is the one, really? he's the only God that answered our, our prayers, basically. Our, well, it kind of makes sense because it is inferred that the land of Nineveh was falling apart. In fact, right. it's actually pretty clear that it was. But um, So I would probably agree with that artistic uh, representation. representation that things were falling apart. Whether or not that was part of the motivation behind it, we don't know. Right. But I would agree that that was definitely a, a facet I, I should say. A, fa a facet of widening of a... And, okay. The people of Nineveh probably could tell that Jonah was Hebrew in origin. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have been that hard to tell. Well, I mean, he was Hebrew and fishy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But you still... Know, speaking of going fishing, you know, he kind of... He got fished. He... <laughs> Talk about getting catfish, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what, Sorry. That, what does that say? That's giant. It was giant catfish. That would anyway. suck. I know. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah. Of course, at the end of the story, Jonah goes out in chapter four and just like whines a whole bunch. <laughs> and something that he does, honestly. Oh, it makes me mad. One. I don't know if we're talking, thinking about the same thing, but one of the things that Jonah does, let me find it. Yeah. Chapter chapter four verses two and just no first two. First two. Verses one two. I'll, I'll do. I'll start verse one. So Jonah was greatly displeased. You couldn't tell. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, isn't it isn't this what I said while I was in I was still in my own country? Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's why I fled toward Tarshish in the first place. I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. And one who relents from sending disaster. <laughs> Boy! Yeah, we were talking about the same thing. <laughs> this, okay, this oh. one for this one verse, Jonah four two, is why he I, confirms God's character, right to God. He he's still mad at him. He confirms God's character, but what he's doing is he isn't saying oh, he isn't he isn't pulling a David. Because if you read the Psalms, 
David says the same things about God, right? Yeah, but he doesn't blame him for... He, he says the same things about God. But it, in no respect, David is praising God. David is being like, praise you, Lord. You are compassionate. You are gracious. You are mm -hmm. slow to anger. You are abounding in love and kindness. Right. You are as quick to you are quick to forgive from disaster. Yeah. And quick to prevent disaster. Jonah. Jonah says, "I broke it. I'm kidding. I just not. moved my foot and something moved with it." Yeah. You were saying Zach. Yeah, Jonah is having a tantrum, like a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. He is. He. Yeah. He's praying at God, mad, which. It's, okay, praying to God mad isn't a sin. But praying to God mad at God. Right. Yeah, you can't. Well, okay. Mad, mad at God for... No reason. No reason. Well, you know, we got to be careful. We, we, we do have to be careful. It's, it depends trying. on how you interpret the word mad. If you say, you know, oh, God, I'm really mad. Why, you know, why would you let a situation or something like this happen? That's okay, because if you remember in Elijah... That's essentially what he did, and yeah. God actually Come. deals with it and confronts it yeah. and, and actually helps him get to a better place. Versus, this is just a petulant child. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and literally, verse 4, the Lord said, do you have a good reason to be angry? And then Jonah walks out of the city. Right. <laughs> so, he's just having a tantrum. He's just having a tantrum. And we're, we're not saying you can't go to God and say, Lord, I'm mad for these reasons. Right. If you give legitimate reasons, but he never gave it. He, he didn't even give a reason. He didn't even give a reason. Yeah. She's like, he knew he was in the wrong. He, he knew he was in the wrong. He's like, Lord, I'm mad at you because you did exactly who you, you were exactly who you are. You know what this kind of sounds like? What? I'm going to use the R word. It kind of sounds like racism. It probably Which, was. with the Ninevites, would have been true. Right. It sounds like racism. Right. Now, Deep-seated. To, Deep to be fair to Jonah, in a way, Israel and Nineveh's history of interaction wasn't the greatest. No! And Nineveh was known as a land of, like, pillaging and doing all sorts they were, of nasty They were things. bad. So... In a way, like humanly speaking, I'm I'm trying to be extremely careful. You know? I don't want to say something wrong here or upset somebody or upset people. And from a from a purely human point of view, Jonah has some reason to be mad that God is forgiving because he he sees these people who go around pillaging, destroying. Yeah doing all these nasty and bad things, being forgiven on the spot. Mm-hmm. Now, we are, even though we aren't guilty of pillaging and destroying, pillaging and destroying right. cities, murdering countless thousands and millions, and doing a whole bunch of other nasty things, right. we are just as guilty I'm saying that I'm using the a plural we. I'm using a grand we. Not that one. <laughs> I'm using Sorry. the grand we as representing as it's representing God's chosen people. 
it's God's chosen people are right. no less guilty of sin just because they did something that a human would view as lesser mm-hmm. as a lesser sin you know? right right so Jonah is no less guilty of sinning for being mad than the Ninevites are for murdering and killing right. and destroying right now did Jonah have a right to be mad at God mm-hmm. no, no. Getting in an argument with the all-powerful sovereign everywhere at once knows everything about me and who I am, creator of the universe and myself, seems like a bad idea. Right. That's not good. Just just throwing that out there. Now, you know, you're talking about um, being fair to uh, Jonah in this situation. Right. Let's actually talk about who the Ninevites were. Right. Because they, yeah, they were bad. They did a lot of things. But a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that the book of Jonah is where the Ninevites end. Uh-uh. No. There's a whole other book dedicated to the Ninevites. Zach, do you know what book that is? Uh, is that first or second book? Nope. It's Nahum. Nahum. See, everybody forgets about Nahum. The three chapters, Nahum, it's so important. Now, you can read about, uh, you know, if you read through chapter one of Nahum, I won't go through all of it because we, we ain't going to have time. We're back. We all have right. to deal with camera stuff. Yeah. All right. So the book of Nahum, all right, verse one of Nahum says, The Oracle of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Alkoshite, okay? Verse two, a jealous... And avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In a whirlwind and storm is his way and the clouds are dust beneath his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up the rivers and he keeps going. Now we get to verse uh, chapter 2. And it keeps going on about how, you know, God's awesome and the rest of it isn't. But verse 13. Behold, I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts. I will burn up your chariots and smoke. A sword will devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the land. And no longer will the voice of your messengers. Sorry, that's. I think uh, Siri is talking to uh, Zachary here. Yeah. Uh, But the voice of your messengers, uh, and no longer will the voice of your messengers be heard. Um, So basically, any emissaries or anything that they had, any any power at all that Nineveh had would be gone. And the reason why, you see really in chapter 3, verse 1, Woe to the bloody city, completely full of lies and pillage. Her prey never departs, the noise of the whip, the rattling of the wheel. Verse 8, you are no better than Noamon, which is situated by the waters of the Nile with water surrounding her, whose rampart was the sea. Whose wall consisted of the sea? Uh, That is more implying the uh, pride that Nineveh 
might have had as well. Right. And these were Assyrian people. The Assyrians were not. They were not. They were not good because if you remember, the Assyrians defeated the northern kingdom of Israel mm-hmm. in 701 BC. Godquestions.com is amazing, guys. I'm just right. so yeah. that might have been where some of that was coming from, but with yeah. the, um, Jonah. So, I'm sorry, I totally went off on a tangent. No, no, that's good. That's why context is important, y'all. Because we see... Darkquestions.com, not sponsored, just go there. Just You're welcome. That's, that's why context is also important, though, mm-hmm. in regards to Nahum. Because we see one prophet being sent there to save and never be saved. And now we're talking, mm-hmm. in Nahum, we see another prophet. There yeah. and saying, "Okay, you're gonna be destroyed." Yeah. You, you, I gave you, I gave you a chance, generation, because I think the the uh, prophecy of Nineveh's destruction happened a few generations after Jonah went there. If I yeah. remember right, I could be wrong. No, I think it was a few generations. Yes, I think you're correct. But anyway, so we see one prophet and go to Nineveh and it be saved, and another prophet go to Nineveh and say, okay, you're done. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's why context is important. Don't read. Uh, I, I recently, we recently finished a, a hermeneutics uh, little study with the kids. Yeah, we did. And I pounded in their heads almost literally that context, context. Was, was key. Yes. I, I, one of the things I wanted to teach them was never read one verse. And no. Never read one verse by itself. One of them asked, well, can you read one verse that makes sense? I'm like, yes, but you're, miss- you're still missing the context. Dangerous. Dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. That's actually why, so like when you guys are doing the wanna and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. actually go into the verse. Right. Someone you want, don't want to say that. What? Probably not. I, I was going to say something about uh, I'll rephrase what I was going to say. When you're teaching verses, when you're teaching things, uh, and you refer to just one verse, go into the context of the verse. A lot of times Bible study tools exist and are there, but oftentimes people ignore it so that they can do what's easy and what's right in front of them right away. Well, no, if you read like, you know, yeah. Here is a general rule. If you read about 10 verses before and 10 verses after, whatever you read, guaranteed, you will probably figure out a good chunk of the context, at least the situation of what was going on in the moment. So, let's... At least. Yeah. Let's get back to... Sorry. The Book of Jonah. Yeah, we got off on a tangent there. That's not bad. Let's get back to the Book of Jonah. Um, Obviously... Um, this is a picture, of course, Jonah being in the belly of the fish for three days is a picture, is a clear parallel to Christ being Mm -hmm. dead for three days. And the, this is, this is something that I'm kind of putting together as I think, so forgive me, slow and speak, because I'm trying to put words. Slow speech is good. I'm trying to put, take words from my brain. Put them on my tongue and speak them. Oh, it's also in uh, Zephaniah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. So, 
I think Jonah preaching so few words is kind of indicative of how simple the message of salvation really is. Yeah. And how lives can be changed literally on the spot. Mm-hmm. Just because they say, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Right. I, I, no one else can do it but you. Which no one else can, but Jesus can do. Right, right. Can do that. It's, it's, the message of salvation is simply complicated or complicatedly simple. <laughs> I like that. The message is simply complicated or complicatedly simple. Because. Is that, is that a quote original to you? I'm not. I'm going to err on the side of caution and say it's not. <laughs> but I like it, though. I like it. I'm going to use it. Yeah, but even so... Um, let, let me try... Let me explain why I mean that. Mm-hmm. The message of salvation is simple. Right? Yeah. Believe in Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. Believe in him to be saved. Right? Yes. But it's complicated because, well, how... People want to end. People like to act with one, two. Well, how <laughs> people humans are inquisitive by nature. Yes, this is true. I agree. So, as as asking how Jesus did, how 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 Jesus, why how Jesus, why Jesus, who is Jesus? The answers are in the Bible. I mean, read the book. Read the book. It's anyway. on the internet. You can go to literally any store any, anywhere and you'll probably find a book. Right. Walmart has it. What Walmart has it. Um, now, I want to go over the, the, the whole plant debacle. The, like basically at the end of the book. Oh, at the end of the book of Jonah. Makes me so mad. So... Jonah is already, like, at the start of chapter 4, it says Jonah is this place. So Jonah already is in a bad mood. Yeah. He goes outside of the city, makes a makeshift uh, shelter for himself. That fails. Mm-hmm. God causes a plant to grow up, grow overnight for him. He's overjoyed about it. God then sends a worm or some other parasite to yep. kill the plant. Tries to teach him a lesson. And tries to teach him a lesson. And this is where the, the how how can you care so much about a plant when you don't care about these several yeah. thousand people plus the animals. And that's the other part of Jonah that really makes me mad. That's the other characteristic of Jonah that really yeah. makes me mad. Is he's mad about a single plan? Yeah, versus versus all those people, all those people, and the animals. Now, again, in all objectivity, to Jonah, the Ninevites, the Syrians, were bad dudes. They were bad people, but but the point that God makes is. 
Should I not have compa- compassion on Nineveh, a great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who don't know the difference between the right and left hand as well as many animals? That's a packed statement. Right. But God is trying to teach us a lesson there too. But yeah. how I interpret that, and this is Zach's interpretation. I don't want to be wrong. How I interpret that phrase is, hey, Jonah, what right have you right. to be mad at me for being for being myself and being compassionate right. towards these 120,000 people who go back and watch our creation episode that we did a yeah. few weeks ago. Weeks about, yeah. Go back and watch that. Who I not only formed all of you, but the I only formed your ancestor, your ancestor Adam. I, as uh, David says in the Psalms, I knit you together in your womb, in your mother's womb. There's still, there's still, there's still God's image. Yeah, there's still yeah. God's image. So he said, Jonah, why shouldn't I be compassionate to the people yeah, who bear my, I? who bear my one bear my image, who I took the time to create to knit together, mm-hmm. who whose ancestor you share. Yeah. And whom I formed out of all creation. Yeah. I formed specially. Yeah. He reminds them that there's still people. Right. But notice he doesn't actually disagree with Jonah in terms he, of he never who disagreed. the Ninevites are. Right. He never disagrees with Jonah. Fact, he actually enforces it a little bit. But. Right. God is not saying the Ninevites aren't, Ninevites aren't bad. He's just... No. Not at all. He's just saying, what right heck? And let's be honest, Jonah isn't being, isn't mad at the Ninevites, per se. Like, he's mad at them because of the horrible stuff they did, which is fair. I was going to say, yeah, he's he's definitely mad at them. He's mad at them for the, all the horrible stuff they did. We're but not he, saying they didn't do horrible stuff, we're just saying... It was Jonah's response that got him in trouble. Yeah, it was Jonah's response, not to the Ninevites in particular, but to but God. Because if we go back to four. Chapter 4, verse 2, he's like, I know you're a good, compassionate God. Mm-hmm. He's basically telling God, these people don't deserve your compassion and forgiveness. Well, but who does? And then God, in that statement, God is like, God is basically like, who are you to say who, who does and doesn't deserve my compassion? Yeah. Now, that being said, they were given their second chance. Yeah. The Ninevites were. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 13. And he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, and he will make Nineveh a desolation parched like the wilderness. Um, oh. Wow. The rest of Zephaniah is kind of rough against him. But, but it, it kind of goes back to reinforce the statement that God never disagrees with Jonah about right. who the Midvites are and the Assyrians in general. Right. But he gave them their second chance. Right. Now, after he gave them the second chance... It's up to them. <laughs> it's it up was to up them. to them, and they definitely did not do what they were right. supposed to do. It didn't take long, but... Right. And God's got a word to say... Yeah. God's love. I'm not it's it's amazing that 
And it uh, again, it points to Jesus, right? Yes. It, it points to Jesus. Because mm -hmm. um, I think there was one dinner. There was one time Jesus was at dinner. And yeah, the Pharisees are like, "Why are you doing with the at dinner with these bunch of with these bunch of sinners?" I'm like, "Jesus is like, all you are sinners." Mm -hmm. Like Jesus knew their hearts. Yeah. yeah. And he basically has the same re reaction. He doesn't. He doesn't disagree with them. He's just saying, "Well, okay. I think a better example would probably be the adulterous woman." That they brought before him, and we're and we're yes. like, yes, okay. So I'm gonna sum up something. So uh, one of the things. So the Pharisees didn't like Jesus. Go figure. <laughs> None of those people liked Jesus, but anyway. so they were constantly trying to trap and manipulate Jesus into basically letting them arrest him, and he was, he was just like, no, not yet. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't work so well. <laughs> basically, no, like, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, it was like. Um, Build a stone. Do it. Anyway, but anyway, toss it. In, in one of their in one of their, their ways of trapping him, they brought they bring an adulterous woman before him, and they were like Jesus caught in the act. They were like Jesus. We caught this lady in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. What do we do? If Jesus instead of saying throw the stone, or instead of saying being the one to throw the being the first one to throw the stone. He was like, that yeah, he was without sin, throw the first stone. They all walked away. They all walked away. They couldn't say anything and about it. You want to know, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. You want to know what makes, is... you, you wanna know what makes that statement even more profound? What, what does that? So Jesus said to him, without, who without sin, throw the first stone. The only one who qualified to, to throw the stone didn't. Yeah. You mentioned that to me a few weeks ago. The only one qualified to throw the stone. Not only that, he helped her up, forgave her. He was just, he's just, uh, it, that's, that's one of the most amazing stories. It. And, and at, the end of John, at the end of the book of John, God is saying, but almost the same thing he said. Listen, he said, I know she's a sinner. But so are you. Yep. That him who without sin cast the first stone, I'm not going to, and I'm the only one qualified. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. Can't explain it. So. Well, I can. God loves us. God loves us. But I us. can't explain why. <laughs> I don't. The, I wouldn't love. The interaction between God's love, mercy, and grace for us. And his justice mm -hmm. is something we'll never be able to fully explain. Never. I'm okay not being able to explain it. I'm not. I'm okay. I'm able to explain that he did it, but I don't know why. Yeah. Speaking of, Zach. Yeah. If we got some listeners today, some viewers that yeah. are you know, struggling with the question of salvation or want to know more information, what might you say to them? Well, it depends on what kind of information they want. Ooh. I'll give you 30 seconds. Zach, I want to know more about what it means to be saved. 
30 seconds? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, God. Pull Help me. Page out of Todd Friel's book here. <laughs> so, you want to know more about being saved? Yeah. Well, here, I've got some resources. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I'm on the street. No, don't do that, actually. Yeah, don't actually do that. Yeah, don't do that. They're, they're, that's just such a broad topic. If you want to know more about being saved, it's basically coming down to Jesus, coming down to save, to die for your sins. Yeah. That's it. Jesus died for your sins, rose again for you on the third day, forgave everything. That's why I say it's simply complicated or complicatedly simple. It's all there is to salvation is believing in Jesus for your salvation. Yeah. Believing that he, believing that as Paul said, and I'm going to paraphrase that he came down, lived a perfect life, died according to the scriptures, yeah. was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, yeah. and came in first to see this world, Peter. And, yes. And the other apostles. First Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. Yeah. And more. And more. But that's just, just go read First Corinthians. First Corinthians 15. Just that's what you need. Which I mean, that's really the gospel according to Paul, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. What well, then all his apostles are. Gospels according to him. It's like, hey, you're saved. Yes, but he makes it clear in that okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, we got we gotta wrap up here. It's been yeah been a bit. It's so. been a bit and we have stuff to do. I have work in the morning. And so do I. I'm not gonna fix a car. So yeah, be great about that. But I'll, I think uh, it'll be pretty easy, honestly. So Thank you all for joining us tonight, or tonight for us. Whenever you see us. Or whenever you listen. Thank you for all for, for, for joining us whenever you listen. Yeah. If you, if you have questions that you would like us to answer on the podcast, go down to the description, and there's a thing called... There's Patreon. A link, there's a link to something called Patreon, and it's to our personal Patreon for the podcast. Drop that right. And if you want to ask us questions, you can subscribe to the 15 or $20 here. Please. And thank you. We're broke. But also, we want to answer your questions. But we can't, if you know, we open that to everybody. We can't. Uh... We can't answer every question. <laughs> if there are hundreds of questions going in, so. We would love to be able to do that. But gotquestions.com already did that. Yeah. Is it com or org? Or got questions about So go down to the description to the Patreon. <laughs> so either you can pay us to answer your question on video or you go to Got Questions and do it. Okay. <laughs> we need to rethink of this as a model. Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be that. This is true. It could be anything. It could be anything. It can be about why the Packers lost to the Marcos. I don't think anybody has the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Alright, guys. Alright. Peace. Peace. Love. I can't do a heart. I can hear. I got you. Peace. Love. Love. And see you later. Sandwiches. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>